let's see here. Good morning, everybody. This is uh, Mike, and you are listening to Driving Theology. And uh, I am on my way to work on this rainy early autumn morning. So it's October. Yeah, we've made it to October, believe it or not. And uh, what is today? Today is something like October 3rd, October 4th. Looks like October 4th. Uh, <clears throat> a second. And uh, yeah, how's everybody doing? I hope you're doing well. And uh, hope uh, you've gotten some relief from the summer heat. It's pretty nice here. I'm in a t-shirt today, but it's sort of probably in Japan this would be considered uh, long sleeve long sleeve weather maybe because it's raining it's gonna be the coolest it's been uh, in months and months today it'll be up to 70 or a little higher than 70 but I'm it's plenty humid because it's raining so I don't think it's I'm gonna get a cold but you never know you never know things happen Looks like we're recording just fine. I've got a slightly different setup today. We'll see how it works. Uh, <clears throat> wow, what to talk about today? So, a lot of things are happening. Uh, the uh, presidential election circus is uh, is it ramping up? Is that the word way we say that? Vamping up, ramping up. Uh, anyway, it's becoming more and more intense. Of course, uh, former president, uh, the Donald is in lots of hot water with his uh, indictments and lawsuits and whatnot from his previous uh, escapades as president and even before president. Um, as far as uh, other news. I can't really think of much that's going on. Um, NBA starts practice today. That's a big deal for me. If you know me, uh, you know I'm a big Boston Celtics fan. And uh, yeah, they start training camp today, which is going to be fun. They'll start games probably later this week or next week. I don't remember exactly when start uh, exhibition games, preseason games, and uh, yeah, big, big shakeups as far as personnel. Uh, every, every time that a uh, popular player is traded or leaves in free agency or whatever, you know, there's sort of a, a feeling of um, separation or I guess you could call it uh, abandonment, right? You feel like you feel like uh, you miss them, right? You really, when when you really follow a sports team, it's almost like losing a friend, or when a friend moves away, or something like that. You know, um, it's sort of like that. Or you know, I, I could say that when I was a kid, it was sort of like hearing that your friend who went to your church 
uh, decided to switch to a different denomination or different group, you feel like you've, like, it's sort of like a betrayal. Now, of course, that's not what's happening in the NBA usually. It's, you know, it's, it's more likely that the players are just pawns in the chess game that the uh, owners and management are playing. Um, they're, they're moved without uh, really any uh, recourse. Now, some of them have some recourse. If they're really top, top-tier players, they may have things in the contract, no trade clauses or uh, things like that. But, but basically, um, that's what it feels like. And so this last season, the Celtics traded four uh, very popular players to get two really good players. So they traded four popular players, and they're getting two good players. And it looks like, at least on paper, that it's a good deal. You know, that that, that the deal they're making is um, they're going to get a good return for their investment, right? So they traded, uh, I think, at least four players. It could have been one or two more of the minor players. I don't remember. Uh, and future picks, right? Uh, future lottery or uh, draft picks. So <clears throat> Celtics have traded four players that I really liked. Of course, the only the only um, criteria for me to like you as a basketball player is if you're a Celtic. I, I have not disliked any Celtics players, really. <laughs> if they wear the green, uh, uh, they're on my team. I'm trying to make a rhyme, but that didn't really work. But basically, that's the idea. You know, if they play for your team, they're good, they're good, right? And in some instances, they can almost do no wrong. That's the that is the tribalistic kind of tendencies in us. I think um, we we tend to excuse our own while we accuse. Uh, others, right? That's kind of how uh, the nature of, of human beings work, it seems. You know, it's sort of the the, the whole, um, or the, the other place you see it, probably the first place you see it is in uh, parent-children relationships where uh, parents see their own children as angels and yet they see other kids as demons, right? The simple fact that the kid belongs to them makes them good in their eyes. Uh, they, they look at them through rose-colored glasses. And this is not necessarily a bad thing, okay? I just want to put that out there. Um, it also, it also um, is seen in the, in the terms, uh, love is blind, right? Love is blind. In other words, when you fall in love with someone, you don't tend to notice any faults. Right of that person, whether physical, uh, intellectual, whatever, you don't notice their faults because you're in love with them. You you see them through rose-colored glasses. Your perspective of them uh, really chemically is altered, and it probably does have to do with chemicals in the brain. So when when someone becomes a part of your tribe, whether through birth, your own children, or through uh, joining your sports team, or even even being a member of your church, uh, 
in a sense, you start seeing them through rose-colored glasses. It's pretty natural, and I think we, we, um, I think this is probably the default, right? If it weren't the default, then families, teams, and churches wouldn't really have a reason to stay so so uh, cohesive as they do, right? Um, relationships are strong. Uh, in in families and in churches that that act like families, right? That that um, are very familial in their relationships, and that cohesiveness. Part of the cohesiveness, I think, what makes the bond so strong is that we do see each other through rose-colored glasses, right? That's one of the things that that makes us love one another in a sense. And I don't think it's a bad thing. You know, I've talked about. Uh, love is blind before and that whole um, phenomenon where uh, for whatever reason when when a person you 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 have a certain connection with a person um, a romantic connection uh, I'm not sure I'd call it love but but the world calls it love today and that's fine there is a there is a physical, uh, expression of love and, and the chemical thing that happens uh, between uh, two people. Oh, that's a nice. That's a Land Cruiser. Sorry, I got distracted by a really beautiful four x four. Yeah. So maybe that's why families are so strong, right? Um, it's because we love each other and love uh, makes us kind of overlook one another's faults and focus on one another's uh, virtues or strong points or whatever. Now, that's not always the case, right? There are people who, for whatever reason, um, see with more realistic eyes. They, they see through the BS, right? They, they, um, it doesn't mean they love less, uh, but, but it might mean that they're less susceptible to, uh, whatever chemically goes on when you fall in love with somebody. There, there are just people who are brutally honest always, right? Those people exist. I guess it doesn't mean that they don't fall in love. <laughs> uh, it just might mean that, that it's harder to love them for the long term. <laughs> uh, brutal honesty is uh, necessary and very important in some instances, but to live with on a day-to-day -day basis uh, can be pretty challenging. Um, and I'm just being brutally honest here. <laughs> can be pretty challenging. Uh, all right, so, yeah. One of the things that makes an NBA player uh, attractive to me, and I don't mean in that way, <laughs> is if they wear the right the right jersey, right, the right colors. Uh, they fly the the correct flag, um, and this is tribalism at its core, right? Uh, humans are social beings. This has been proven time and time again. Uh, not unlike. Uh, certain animals, primates, for example, most primates, not all the primates, I guess orangutans are less, uh, uh, 
less apt to be in big social, social groups, but chimpanzees, gorillas, lots of monkeys live in large colonies, uh, and they have um, lots of attributes that make them social beings, and humans are no different than that. Uh, dogs are that way, right? Dogs um, tend to live in packs of dogs, right? Uh, yeah. Whoa. I just ran a red light. Whoa. Man, it's almost never... It's almost never red when they come through. It's like no traffic today either. It's really weird. It's like I'm riding in the wrong time. My watch says it's the right time. Maybe it's the right time. I don't know. Maybe everybody's just staying off the road for some reason. I know it's not a national holiday. Is it? I don't think it is. Yeah. Uh, anyway, back to the uh, topic at hand. Uh, yeah, we're social beings. We we need one another. And these these chemical bonds that uh, draw us together. Um, I think a, a Darwinist would say it's for our, our own protection as a species, right? So if we if we love one another, uh, if we uh, stand by one another, right? If we're invested in one another, then we will uh, fight together for the common good or against a common enemy, what have you, and we will survive because of the bonds that we make with one another, right? I think this is this is kind of the idea that's come down through marriage that, uh, well, there, there's a famous saying, right? Um, United we stand, divided we fall, right? Uh, so if we if we fight together, we'll be strong and we will uh, we will endure. Uh, and if we try to uh, fight the battles ourselves, well, we have very limited resources and we cannot hope to stand against uh, a bigger foe, right? Uh, and that's the idea of marriage, that's the idea of families, that's idea, even the idea of churches, right? This is, why we, this is why we stand together, so that we can help one another endure everything that life throws at us. And so tribalism, on one hand, is, can be really petty, and it can be, um, <clears throat> it can be downright stupid sometimes. <laughs> when you see a, a, a parent defending an obviously misbehaving child uh, and excusing their behavior or, or justifying their behavior by blaming other people or something like that, you know, uh, it, tribalism really does, can rear an ugly head. Uh, but by and large, tribalism is just you know, naturally who we are. We're tribal, tribal people. So if you fly my flag, if you identify with uh, a group that I belong to, I tend to overlook your faults. So what does this mean theologically? Like, like in the, from the mind of God, um, you know, I learned something last week, and that is that some physicist would say, that free will is an illusion. And that is because uh, 
they believe that the theory of the Big Bang is true. And the, when the Big Bang happened, everything that came after the Big Bang was determined by the Big Bang, down to the minutia, down to the smallest particles, and even the the intangible things like thoughts and ideas, right? That all of that was determined by the action of the Big Bang. The Big Bang created everything that comes after. It's all determined. It's all just happening in the course of the consequences of all of the Big Bang, the action that came before. And so everything you've ever done in your life, every decision you've made, even though to you, it seems like it is free will. Well, some physicists would say, well, actually it's not because it was determined by the Big Bang. You are just uh, particles uh, um, manipulated by the uh, movement or the, the energy behind the Big Bang. We are, we're all just flowing along uh, on whatever course the Big Bang has set us on. <clears throat> now, obviously I don't believe that. I believe in free love. Uh, free love. I believe in free will. And the reason I believe in free will is because I believe in love. And I believe without free will, there isn't really love. Love cannot be true. If we are only um, being pushed along by the uh, primal explosion that happened in uh, you know billions of years ago if we're just particles being moved around and shifted randomly by that energy by that unintelligent energy mind you uh, then we cannot be oh what's the word we, we do not have free agency Right? We are just a product uh, of the Big Bang. <laughs> Everything. So, you know, uh, I don't have the option to slap my face or not slap my face right now. If I'm going to do it, it was already decided in the Big Bang. Oh, I slapped my face. So the Big Bang, millions of years ago, told me that I was going to slap my face right then. So there is no free will according to some physicists. And if there is no free will, uh, there is no choice, right? Uh, and if there is no choice, uh, we cannot love, right? We cannot truly love because love is a choice, love is an action. And if that action was just predetermined uh, by some uh, unintelligent energy billions upon billions of years ago, uh, then it's not love, is it? Right? It's it's just it's just the Big Bang and the the ripples sent out by the Big Bang across this cosmic pond. Now, I do not not believe in the Big Bang, but to me, I prefer to see the Big Bang as the creation story happening in you know basically eons and eons ago right <clears throat> I think the Big Bang has dis discovered the creation that, that the, the universe all began 
from a single place. I think this supports uh, the idea of a creator, right? The idea that something happened, that, that chaos was suddenly ordered and set in motion lots of different things, uh, including the fact that, you know, one day we'd figure out how to build a car that can propel me at uh, 60 kilometers an hour on this rainy road that was also engineered and built by people. Um, that, you know, there is intelligence in the world. It's not just um, random particles bouncing around off each other. There's more happening, there's more going on. And I, I really think everybody knows this on a level. I, I, I don't see how you couldn't know this. Um, think that free will exists is is um, self-evident. I really think it's self-evident. All right, so <clears throat> let's see. <coughs> Sorry. Excuse me. I'm going to take a sip of this water. I have gone really far afield. And uh, I'm not sure where I'm going to come out. <clears throat> Let me backtrack. Tribalism. Basketball. Church. Uh, and of course your country, your citizenship, right? <clears throat> and we tend to gravitate toward people uh, with whom we share uh, some kind of mutual background um, and or uh, affinity, affinity, affiliation. We have an affinity for people with whom we have an affiliation. I think that's probably how I should say that. Uh, and I think that's normal and, and fine and good. Uh, but it can be bad, just like anything. Right? It can be not so great. Uh, one thing I'm happy about, one thing I'm seeing day to day, it seems like almost every day on, on social media I'm seeing the evidence of this, and that is that uh, there is less and less denominational tribalism and more and more ecumenicalism. Uh, I think this is true. And I think the internet may be part of what is making this true that just the creation of the internet is facilitating uh, greater interdenominational connection. <clears throat> now, would I rather be there, there, there be no denominations? Yes. I would much prefer there were no denominations, that there were just people trying to follow Jesus and that, you know, looked like what it looked like and there were no, uh, you know, church names or mascots or symbols or, or uh, colors or flags or whatever. I would prefer that there were no teams. And where I was getting was, with this was that there have been throughout history many movements that have tried to encourage us to see all men as our brothers. Um, 
one of them, I think, is Jesus, right? Uh, where Jesus came and, and he, uh, even though he worked with Jewish people in the beginning, he, he let it be known that, that his movement was to spread throughout the entire world. Right? That, that we were one day, uh, and the way Paul says is that one day there would be no Jew or Gentile, no male or female, uh, no slave or free, right? that all would be equal and the same. Uh, in the uh, late 1700s and maybe early 1800s, uh, Schiller, the, uh, I believe he was German, German poet, uh, wrote uh, the poem, which we today refer to as the Ode to Joy. Uh, and the Ode to Joy was set to music by Beethoven in Beethoven's Ninth Symphony. And actually his Ninth Symphon Symphony is going to become... Uh, I think we, we are in the 200th year. We're, we're having the bicentennial of the uh, writing of the uh, Ninth Symphony of Beethoven. <clears throat> it's kind of where we're at now. Uh, I think next, maybe next January, February, March, I can't remember the date, uh, but it will be 200 years since the uh, Ninth Symphony was written. And in, and in the Ninth Symphony, Beethoven sets Schiller's poem to music in the fourth movement, which is, you know, we've, we've termed the Ode to Joy. And in the Ode to Joy, it's, it's stated, all men are brothers. And, and Beethoven chose this poem, and perhaps Schiller wrote this poem, because we were seeing some pretty horrific tribalism uh, and even genocide in, in that world, a lot of war, uh, a lot of suffering, uh, a lot of uh, classism. Uh, you know, for example, we were still, Europe largely was still uh, immersed in the feudal system where we had people who were born of high birth and people who were born of low birth. And the high birth people were privileged and the low birth people were oppressed. Uh, and that, that was a lot of what was going on. Now, you may know about the same time, the American Revolution came on, the French Revolution. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm getting a little cold now. Uh, there were a lot of uh, people in the world rebelling against kings and monarchies and wanting a system uh, of the people, by the people, and for the people. Which is, you know, what was in the American documents. Uh, and so, in a sense, this was a beginning, uh, a, a call to at least start the conversation that perhaps the things that's been separating us all along are arbitrary and don't need to exist. Uh, the system of, uh, you know, the, the feudal system, for example, in Europe. Actually, I think the feudal system existed almost everywhere. I know it existed in Japan, uh, China, and lots of other places. In India, it's really persisted. Uh, they have the caste system. Uh, and it's 
very, very challenging if you're born in lower class, a lower caste, uh, to really make anything of your make anything of yourself, right? It's very, very, it's a very unfair system. It's uh, made to keep people down and to keep the upper classes in power. You might even say that Hitler kind of took this to the extreme. Uh, not only did he believe that his, his uh, German people, what he called the Aryan race, were superior to the rest of the world, he and his henchmen also uh, attempted to exterminate people of what they determined to be lower birth, right? Inferior human beings. Uh, and they tried to even improve the breeding of their own race to, to make them as pure as possible. They tried to attack tribalism scientifically uh, instead of just, you know, sociologically. And, yeah, we, we all know how that turned out. Um, it was horrible. Uh, and so, one thing that Jesus does and initiates, and I think the universal Christ, who I've talked to all along, the main mission, and one of the main missions, is to get us to see one another as brothers, as family, as one race, as one people that we are all in this together, that we are all family. And as soon as we do that, we tend to look at each other differently. We tend to, to excuse one another's faults. We tend to, we tend to focus on the positive. Uh, we tend to uh, be kinder to one another, to be more loving to one another. And the world, through this kind of lens, this lens of everybody Everyone is, uh, we're all family, right? The world will start to heal through the, this kind of vision. That's what people hoped. That's what Schiller hoped and Beethoven. Uh, this is what Jesus hoped for. That if we could, if we could one day uh, bring everyone close to realize that everybody everyone is connected to us, that we are all together. We would treat one another better and the world would start to heal from all the, all the negative tribalism. Um, yeah, maybe that's what's going on in this. Doesn't mean I'm gonna stop rooting for the Celtics. <laughs> it's just fun for me and uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It, it, it helps me learn lessons about uh, more important things. And sports is sort of an illusion anyway. You know, there is no intrinsic value of, of uh, putting a ball through a, a metal hoop uh, at a uh, faster pace uh, than your opponent. There's no intrinsic value in that. Um, but there is intrinsic value in seeing your fellow man, no matter the color of their skin, uh, or their gender, or 
religion. There is intrinsic value in, in seeing all men as brothers, all men as brothers and sisters, all humans as family. There is an intrinsic value in that. All men are brothers. Yeah, ode to joy. I'd like to perform the uh, Ninth Symphony again. I wish we could do it next year. It would be fitting, being the 200th anniversary. Um, I don't know, maybe I can initiate something to happen. I don't know, but it would be nice. Uh, I, I, I have had the privilege of performing uh, the entire uh, fourth movement once and singing the baritone solo of that. Um, but I'd like to do it again. It would be, be fun to do it in the 200th year. So, who knows? It can happen. I keep forgetting to ask the people that would have the power to do that about it. <coughs> Yeah, but that's the that's the theme, and I and I think that's um, that's something I hope we'll all realize is that one of the things that separates people is that down deep we we see them as other, as as not belonging to the same group we do, and that that which is false, right? So if 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 <coughs> If you believe that we are all uh, descended from common ancestors, then we all are family, no matter how you look at it. <clears throat> this is what religion teaches us, but I, I'm pretty sure this is what anthropology teaches us as well. Um, I don't know what the percentage is on Earth that uh, it's been proven that comes from a common ancestor, but I'm pretty sure it's pretty high tell you what it is exactly, but, yeah, yep, Ode to Joy, All Men Are Brothers, uh, that's the good kind of tribalism, where you are a part of a tribe that includes every single person, uh, and to some extent includes the entire natural world. It's a good way to be in the world, I suppose. All right. Thanks for listening. You guys have a great day. Bye.